Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. How are we doing? Aroslingers, we are live. If you're on Facebook, if you're watching on YouTube or at a later date, you are not live. Uh, we are a couple of days late. Normally we are rolling on a Wednesday, but we are not rolling on a Wednesday because I thought this is a better time with the match play uh, at the semis now. It's the best time to have a look back at what's going on and have a bit of an update on my predictions and where the tournament's going from here. But we are starting off with last episode, we spoke about the Australian satellite tour, is what they call it. It's basically just our order of merit. Finals were on. Uh, Raymond Smith won those, won that on the Saturday. So fantastic ever by Raymond Smith. That's back-to-back satellite tour tournaments for him, two years in a row. And that means he is going to the Worlds for a second year in a row. And we all saw what he did last time he was there. Uh, so imagine what he can do with tw- six months of preparing rather than the two months and with COVID not being such a dramatic issue, hopefully he can do even better. And even better means he's making quarter semis and a final. Man, that would just be outstanding. And I think he can do it. He can do it. He's, he's winning. Winning creates winning. And that's what he's doing at the moment. He wins basically everything he's in. So... Sensational, and he won that. He beat Joe Comito in the final, and so Joe's had a great year all up. Um, there is a few things we're going to talk about their issues, but right now we'll focus on the fact that Raymond has made it through and that Joe Comito also played fantastic and earned his right to be a runner-up and basically your second best and put down his marker for that second spot. So the Oceanic Masters is your other way to get there. And he's going to be right in it for that title. Um, as I said, he just keeps on winning and winning and winning. And through all, he's winning last year at the Worlds as well. Uh, there's a, every chance that he goes over there and even makes doesn't do that much. He wouldn't have to do that much and he's going to have enough prize money over a 24-month period, which is how long it lasts. Technically, it's only 12, to potentially earn himself a tour card. So decisions for Raven coming up if he goes over there. When he goes over there and does well again and gets himself potentially a tour card spot, which is just fantastic and really unheard of to just rock up as a qualifier, do well at the Worlds, do well at the Worlds as a qualifier and win yourself a tour card. That's unreal, unheard of. That's how good he has potential to be. And it is a realistic situation that's coming up. I think all he needed to do last year was win one more game, beat Mervyn King, and he could have had a tour card. So, But there is a big gap between what was last year was the last 16 to quarterfinals as there is this year from round one to potentially round two. So he will need to go a bit deeper than just round two. <clears throat> but obviously, he's more than capable of doing that. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, I'll, I'll even try and have a chat and see if we can get him on again. Because that is going to make a crucial difference. Don't underestimate that time factor. He is going to prepare, have time to prepare so much better than he did last time. Um, I think this time last year he wasn't even it wasn't even a, a scope on the radar of potentially doing that. He was just playing tournaments here and there. He said and more local stuff and not too much else. But it was only when his son made it that he thought, right, I better do something and have a crack at getting over there myself with you. But yeah. Let's get this bad boy a little bit closer so you can hear me a little bit better. If we move that there, you can see my beautiful face. We are rolling with the Brisbane Lions cap tonight. 
as they are due to play soon, but we'll keep it backwards for now so that it's not in my face because this hat sits down in my face. Um, all right, so if, I was going to give this a bit more time. I said that last week. We'll focus on this a bit because it was a massive weekend for Australian darts. You had the Satellite Tour Finals and you also had the World Series qualifiers for both Wollongong, Townsville and New Zealand. New Zealand had their own ones. Plus, we had there was one spot available for an Aussie to go over as well and we had that as well. So it was a massive... It was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I think. It was like four or five days of darts. So it was, it was absolutely huge. Um, so look, some of the things that... It, it's it's a, bit, a bit iffy. So there was no no Danny Porter, who absolutely dominated South Australia. And really, was he, I think he finished the highest-ranked player points-wise in the whole country. And he wasn't, he wasn't in, involved. Uh, no Justin Miles... And he is basically, in my opinion, up there as the form player in Australia. So Joe Comito, Ray Smith are both playing well. Uh, Dave Marlin's really shot up in the last probably two months, the last probably three months of the last two events in New South Wales. He really performed well and had a great weekend and qualified himself for the both, I think, Wollongong and Townsville. I'm pretty sure it was the Australian that made it over there was Mal Cumming to make it over to New Zealand if I'm not mistaken. Um, we will go through all that at a later date, but it's more just about the qualifiers um, and I can deep dive into how they did because if you had seen anything, I don't think I actually posted. I think I took some photos and then was so outraged that I didn't even post. But we couldn't even watch the matches live. We had I had to watch, the way I watched live was through Dark Connect score updates. So um, there's, no, there's hardly any point in even talking about Ray's magnificent win. Or you can go off his the scores that come through doesn't give you a hell of a lot. It may have been tense, it may not have been tense. Um, so yeah, so one of the huge huge issues was we almost didn't even have. So you had no Miles, no no Justin Miles, no Danny Porter, quite a few others. Uh, no Ray, almost no Ray Smith. Uh, I, Kai Smith didn't play there. Um, yeah, some of those names. That's. Outrageous to not have those guys playing in the biggest tournament because that is the biggest thing and they're the biggest names. As I said, Kai Kai Smith is potentially an Australian number one tour card holder, top sixteen player in the world in coming years, in maybe five five years if he if he wants to be, that's where he can go. And he's not playing in our biggest tournament at the moment. Justin Miles is just about the best player in Australia at the moment. He won a tournament to play off against Neil Duff. He was winning in WA consistently where all the uh, some real guns are playing darts and he wasn't there. And as I said, Danny Porter dominated South Australia and was not there. Mm. So a few issues there. Um, and even the Ray Smith playing was a bit of a bit iffy. Um, he the qualification requirements was to have played, especially for the Oceanic Master, it was just to have played half half the contests that the events during the year for the DPA and that's for the Oceanic for the satellite tour. Sorry, I'll get this out. Eventually you had to have played half the events and finished in the top 16. Now in my recollection and my research, Ray only played in um, four, potentially five events. So the first weekend he played in the first one, which was a disaster. He took a day off and then he played in the fourth event, won that Won the next four, didn't compete. Queensland got sorry, Queensland got cancelled. 
didn't compete, didn't compete. So in my recollection, in my memory, he's played four events of 12. Does not qualify you, yet he's qualified and they've told him he's qualified. The simple reason behind that is because they have to have the best players that he would have been, they would have been told that Raymond Smith needs to be competing and a good chance to go over because he was fantastic for the PDC to go over there and do so well. Um, now, what really interests me was, well, it all really interests me. They went to set play for the semi-final and the final of that event. It had not been set play for the entire year. You could technically call it best of one set for a lot of it. A lot of it was best of three for the round robin stuff, but then the finals just went first to six first to five, first to seven, some of them. But none of it was set play, and all of a sudden, the last two games are set play. Interesting. I understand that the World Championships where they're going is set play, but to just completely change our whole system, just have set play from the start, or not set play, don't change it with two, uh, three games to go. Crazy. Crazy stuff. Um, right, so... But the, the biggest issue we had there was... This is the... Like, oh, so I've written here top three, I reckon. You've got the uh, World Dart, the WDC, I think it's called World Darts Council, World Darts Federation, WDF, have got their stuff coming up. So you've got the Australian Open that has got some of the best playing. So Lisa Ashton is playing. She should be on the men's side of the draw, not the women's. She's that good. Um, yeah, Neil Duff's coming over. There's a few others, Luke Littler. Uh, Raymond Smith playing in that, so that's coming over. That's a massive weekend of darts. You've got the World Series coming up as well. That's a big two weekends of darts in Australia. The Oceanic Masters, massive. So this is right up there because it is the qualifiers for the World Series. So that's what makes it so big because you've got potentially eight spots available for people to sh show their stuff and get up on stage and win that event. And you've got the satellite tour final on the same weekend so this is an absolutely massive weekend of darts and as discussed before to watch it i've got to view scores coming up on a screen and that's outrageous i've said it before i'll say it again i have to watch well, i don't have to watch it but it's on ko and on board i put it on i've watched lacrosse recently on ko bowls um not even a major thing in bowls. It's called the Bowls Premier League. It's just some dudes rolling a ball. Um, Ultimate Frisbee was on. Like, really? Ultimate Frisbee? They're all semi-interesting, and I probably would give them a go if I could run again. Um, but it's not It's not real sport. Not even close to what darts is. So it's crazy. And I'm pretty harsh on the DPA sometimes I have been. But... Mm, yeah, just doesn't make sense to not have it televised. So there's dart tragics like me that would watch every second of all this stuff. We may not watch it live because you have some things to do, but you'll definitely watch it at some point in time. So to not have it available to us tragics is crazy. I'm trying to figure out what I actually mean in all this stuff. I've written here, should get more time, but I don't know what that means, should get more time. More airtime, probably. All right. So, yeah, as I said, I've been pretty harsh on the DPA, but the, the combination of a couple of things have led to it not being televised. Now, I've done as much research as I can into all of this. We don't know the full story of what actually goes on, but it's pretty obvious what's actually happening. 
in this world of darts here in Australia. So we won't name any names because it's just not not quite fair to do that and it covers my own ass, basically. So there's a group that have been streaming all year. They've been streaming all the DPA events, a few other things here and there. Um, and the DPA didn't want to pay to have it streamed, so that there is a problem as well. Um, so the DPA, their role is to get two players two good players over to the world championships and that's what it's been for a little while and it's now also their responsibility to come up with four players to join the Wollongong and Townsville darts masters and send one player over to New Zealand so that's their role that's all they have to do and it's quite obvious that the DPA have no intentions of pushing anything past that um, which is sad but that's all they have to do. They're gifted with the amount of talent that they have here in Australia. And a lot of players want to go over and they want to see the big stage. Like Justin Miles will come over and he'll compete at the Oceanic and hopefully win a spot over to the World Championships because that's where he belongs. Um, we've got Ray Smith here who went over and, as we said, made the last 16 and really had Mervyn King against the ropes. Um, probably gets past James Wade in a quarter. Does he beat Michael Smith? I'm not too sure. I don't think so in that form that Michael Smith was in last year at the Worlds. Um, we send a young gun over in Kai Smith, so you've got a father-son story there. So the DPA, DPA are super gifted with the talent they have knocking down the door for an opportunity. And so there's no need for the DPA to chase the opportunity and push to make this thing bigger, which it has a huge potential to be bigger. So a bit of a disappointment there that they don't want to pay to get it onto a screen and in front of some eyes. Um, but a lot of it lays on the people that were that plan to stream it. To charge money to... Want to charge money to stream to Facebook is not really something that ever really happens. Facebook is somewhere where your stuff goes for free, basically. Um, you can pay for things on Facebook, I guess. But a lot of the times, it's free content, especially live videos. Um, well, that's what I think anyway. I believe that it's... it's, it's in this space, 100%. No one's signing up and paying you money to watch free darts on Facebook. Um, so they, they've they asked for a fee and wouldn't do it for free. Now, all that's hurting, the only person that's hurting is dart fans like myself. And there are plenty of us out here in Australia who want to watch those guns. And a lot of it's so that we can get to know them before we see them on the big stage. I want to know them all. I haven't seen Joe Comito play before, and I think he won the last spot at the Townsville Darts Masters. I've seen a bit of Mal coming play here and there, but not not a huge amount. Uh, Koha Kakiri, I think, won spots on at both events. Have not seen a lot of him either. You want to watch these guys play. You want to see see them in action before they go over, and I want to see more of Ray Smith before he goes to the Worlds again, even though we saw a lot of him, and I know exactly what to expect from Raymond Smith. But I want to see what sort of form he's in before he goes over to the Worlds because we won't see much of him between now and then. So, what are, what are we up to? The streaming streaming company, they know who they are if they're watching. Um, I'd love to hear from you and get to the bottom of all this because what's happened and why I'm telling this story is that it's it's not hurtful, but it's so upsetting that that's the only way we get to watch 
you can click on and see darts anywhere in England at any time. It's so massive. It's everywhere. Yet here in Australia, we're just lagging behind um, and it's, it's, it's not long. But so the people that have been streaming all year, they have been streaming the DPA events and unfortunately they have what's called a beer shouts down the bottom, which is basically your donations to them because they do it for free and they do it for the love. Now, I've gone back and tried to find their Facebook page. has gone, gone walkabout, so I don't know even how to contact this group. I know one of them, but I'm going to leave it there for now, and hopefully they contact me. And we try and figure something out just to bring darts to the people is the main cause, the main reason we do all this. But to to ask for beer shouts, we'll call them. That's beer shouts with the little things if you're not watching. Um that is people giving you money to say you don't make money off it, you do it for free, put the money back in. And then you go through the main main big company in Australia and tell them that they need to pay you to stream. It's obviously not about the love, it's about the money. And that's just that's just not the way the world works. Uh, well, it is a lot of the, the way the world works. If you're in England running darts or afl here in australia and you have great content and you're doing a, a fantastic job you can ask for money to do things like that darts in australia is not at a spot where we can just be demanding money and trying to make thousands millions hundreds of thousands ten thousands whatever you're aiming for you're not going to do i 100 percent am in this for the love of the sport and my wife can probably hear me in the background saying that and going you're mad it's darts why would you who loves darts I do, and I love watching it. I love everything about it. I will watch two guys throw 50 dart legs back to back to back to back to back against each other because I love watching darts. It's as simple as that. There's so much involved in it, um, whether it's the the counting side of it, the actual action side of it, people's emotions when they're up there. It's just fantastic. So if you want to make money from darts in australia you need to invest first that is a simple process that i've always spoken about with sport and that's what happens uh, the aflw is doing something very similar right now the afl have the capacity to do to do this to throw money at it you got to throw money at it first and get the players interested and then you get people interested in watching and that's where the media comes into it so the media cannot start by demanding money that's not there. The money has to go into it first. The media is right down the end of the list of the people that make money. There has to be interest for the players to do well because the players have to be looked after. That's how you That's how you all do sport. The players get well paid, well looked after in all aspects of life and welfare and all that sort of stuff because if you look after them, they perform their best more people, be, more players become interested, which gives you a better competition. We've done this list over and over again, but we'll go through one more time. Better competition gets more eyes watching, which means you've got more sponsors coming on board, more people paying to go to events, games, whatever you want to call it. And then that, after that is where the media comes in and puts their money in or, or receives their money. But first, they probably have to put some money in too. Channel 7 don't make the money first, and then say, okay, $7 billion for the next four years to host the rights. They have to give that money first to gain rights. It's simple stuff. So to the people that demand money just to have local darts where there's no money yet, um, 
you got to wake up. you got to open your eyes and smell the roses. And it's not about money yet. No darts in Australia here is about money yet. It is about the love of the sport and bringing it to the people. Um, we'll step up here and we'll get something going. I can guarantee that. I'll put my heart on it. That within 12 months, you'll see some action from us here at Arrowslingers. Right. Rant. Gigantic rant over. Match play has been absolutely outstanding. The Europe, European Tour has been down in the standards. There's been some quality contests. We've seen Luke Humphreys dominate. We've seen Damon Hedder do well recently. Rob Cross playing well. You see one or two amazing averages here and there. Time for, time for a quick, quick guzzle. But the standard has been down a bit, seeing a lot of low averages. Not so good performances. Um, the Premier League... With the eight biggest stars, we went through that quite a lot and saw how many 80, in between 80 and 90 averages we saw. That was down, not this tournament, not now. Um, it's been absolutely outstanding. Besides maybe, unfortunately, Damon Hedder against Joe Cullen, he was, I don't think he averaged too low, but he wasn't great. Um, Callan Rids was pretty awful in his first up match against Dimitri Vandenberg. He averaged just 80.9 or something along those lines. So not fantastic there. Um... Yeah, but the rest of it has been absolutely outstanding. Christoph Rutajski versus Peter Wright was one of my favourites so far. It was really close, just backwards and forwards at each other the whole way. I think Christoph averaged 101, Peter 103. Peter just got it done. Um, yeah, outstanding. As as I said, Damo was pretty disappointing. Uh, just never got going. Joe was pretty good early on and just put him to the sword. Uh, Joe Cullen can do that. He then stunk it up the next game against MVG. Uh, Johnny Clayton couldn't really see out of his eyes, so that was unfortunate for him. Um, he wins that match all the, every day of the week if he's 100%, and unfortunately that only comes out last minute. I only found that out. Uh, Nathan Aspinall has been fantastic. Um, <laughs> it looks like it looks like Darditis is what a few people are saying, like he's bringing his dart back and he's having to reset. I don't think it's even going that far, because Darditis is when you won't release the dart. He is struggling to bring it back to the right spot. Um, so, interesting there. All right, so that's a little bit of a wrap of what's happened. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but what we are going to do is have a look at the semifinals. So, the first semifinal, Dimitri Vandenberg versus Michael Van Gerwen. So, Dimitri Vandenberg, as we said, a 10-2 demolition of Callan Rids, 100 average to 80, so it was always going to happen. A uh, bit of work for Callan Rids to do to get himself back to that form that he had at the Worlds. Uh, clinical versus Rabbi John was Dimitri Vandenberg. So 11-6. Uh, bit of a classic against Snakebite Peter Wright. 11-16-14. Uh, Could have really gone either way, that one. Um, quality, quality standard. Uh, 102 average for Dimitri. I think Peter Wright was 99. Uh, I think Dimitri got himself to... No, Peter got to like 5-1 up. Dimitri got it back to 10-5. Peter then got it back to 12-all. So... Ebbs and flows left, right, and center in that one. Uh, Michael Van Gerwen, he battled past Adrian Lewis with just an 89 average. He was one of the sluggish ones in the first round. Just the two 180s. There we go. Um, but he looked amazing versus Joe Cullen. Wayne Martin was all over Joe, saying Joe looks settled, looks so much better than Michael Van Gerwen did in patches, which is just outrageous because Michael Van Gerwen was by far and away the better player in this clash. Um, it was 97 average to about 93 and was just always going to get the job done. You could see that. 
And then a, a classic against Nathan Aswell, another absolute classic. 12 180s, 101 average. Um, he had a 1 4 6 to win it, so triple 20, triple 20, double 13. With Aspinall waiting on a very low finish, I think he was on 18, so double 9 to bring it back to a sudden death shootout, but Michael Van Gerwen was able to get it done, but it's just fantastic. So he's really starting to build is the green machine. Um, I Initially, I had Dimitri Vandenberg making the final. Uh, I think I'm going to back down on that statement and have Michael Van Gerwen to win the first semi-final. He's got that presence about him now as much as Dimitri's playing well. His interviews are cringeworthy, unfortunately, because he does seem like a really nice character. He's a great darts player, but cringe. Um, but Michael Van Gerwen, he is just he's looking on top of the world. He's looking really, really good, really solid. Uh, his grouping is looking fantastic. So I think Michael Van Gerwen gets that done. Um, we'll see how accurate I am tomorrow morning. Uh, Dan, Danny Noppert versus Gerwin Price is your other semi-final. Noppert's looked good so far this tournament. Almost almost unchallenged, basically. He hasn't really had any close ones. He had a 10-6 win over Brendan Dolan. That's, I think, it's close-ish as I got. I don't know. Dirk got within five of him, but yeah. 100 average, 7-180, on his doubles against Brendan Dolan. Uh, he smashed Daryl Gurney. 102 average, 61% on his doubles, and that was 11-4, I believe. So that's a really a really good performance by Danny Noppet. And 11-16, he had took the win, so I should have said 16-11. Over Dirk Van Dyvenbauer. He's a mouthful, Dirk Van Dyvenbauer. But he took care of Michael Smith, so Dirk looking pretty good at the moment. I think he's building nicely to... A good second half of the year with uh, the Grand Prix and the uh, what's the other one? The Grand Slam coming up. I think he's going to do pretty well there. But Danny Noppet looking pretty good. Uh, if he gets his scoring going, he really is a handful. Like he can sometimes average in that 80s, 85 to 90 mark, and against the best players, it's just not going to get the job done. But his finishing is always a strength. So if he can score well, he is an absolute handful. Gerwin Price, um, look, I could go on about Gerwin Price for hours at the moment. He had a 10-8 win against Martin Schindler, turned it on when he needed to. Schindler was good and put up a fight, but he got it done. Uh, 11-8 versus Dave Chisnell. Chizzy's throw is getting outrageous. He is sometimes pointing completely to the left once he's finished throwing. It's it's insane, but it's going in the triple 20, so... Um, some of the finishing against Dave Chisnell by Gerwin Price was ridiculous. He had a one six one, a one six four, a one two four at crucial times, like the one six one, I believe, was real early on. The one six four was when it was poised at about five four. The one two four was pretty early, uh, early ish for a break of throw, I think. And they're they're all on the bullseye, so absolutely sensational. Yawning. Uh, 16-14, he beat Jose, Jose de Souza. He had a 104 average in this one, so really starting to look amazing, his girl and Price. He, the dude's got levels. He's got levels, he's got gears, he can step it up, whatever you want to say. Girl and Price can do it, especially at the moment. So I'm loving the way he's going about it. Um, every opponent he's played so far, like your score lines, you look at it, go 10-8, 11-8, 16-14. Oh, geez, they're all close. 
but he's playing well. His opponents are playing phenomenally well just to try and get anywhere near him. So watch out for Gerwin Price. Um, I th- I'm still on him to win. He's definitely winning this one, and I think he's going on to set up a cracking final with Michael Van Gerwen. That's why we all watch darts. Darts fantastic at the moment with all the talent coming through. Danny Nopper, Dirk Van Dijvenbode, Callum Ridge will get there. Um, Damon Head is coming along well. Joe Cullen starting to step up in all the majors. Uh, Dimitri Vandenberg really starting to step up. So there are some gun players coming through to put their mark as being a potential title winner all the time. But never underestimate what it means to have the, the big dogs playing against each other. The idea of a Gerwin Price, Michael Van Gerwen final gives me butterflies and makes me want to jump up and down with excitement. Um, I want to get the whole family up in, at 4am to, to watch the, the pre-final and not miss a second of it. They're probably not going to do that. I understand that, but it's that's what I want to do. I want to jump for joy. Um, so, yep, they're my tips. I still think Gerwin to win the whole thing. As good as if MVG wins it, then he's won the Premier League and the match play this year, and we're we're no longer saying is Michael Van Gerwen going to get back to his best. This will be the best of Michael Van Gerwen to take those two titles is absolutely outstanding. So, yeah, let's check back later. Um, so to wrap it up, oh no, my camera's playing up. It's probably going to go flat in a minute. That's what's wrong. We'll wrap it up there. Um, you could hear what was happening. You can hear the passion in my voice when it comes to Australian darts. Um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. You cannot take it for granted. You've got to work your back, backside off, and you've got to put in. You can't just wait for it to come to you. So if you, yeah, put in the work, do the work,